Now today, we're continuing a series that we begun just a handful of days ago entitled Unshakable. Unshakable. And I just want to make mention to all of the men, given the fact that we are on the eve of Valentine's Day, I'm going to say it again, we are on the eve of Valentine's Day, I'm going to speak on the topic, unshakable marriages, unshakable marriages. And so today I'm going to share a couple thoughts with you about how you and I, we can have an unshakable marriage. But before I get into that, I want to offer to you a couple of analogies, what people have described marriage as being like. So number one, people have said marriage is a relationship where one spouse is always right. And the other is the husband. <laughs> Number two, marriage is like a workshop. The husband works and the wife shops. <laughs> Number three, marriage is like chopsticks. It looks easy until you try it. Number four, marriage is like a campfire. Both get cold if left unattended. Now that's truth right there. And, for, and fifth and finally, marriage is like a walk in the park. Jurassic Park. <laughs> there are moments in life where our marriage gets shaken. Our relationship gets shaken. But the truth is that more often than not, the situations that shake us are not external. There are things that do shake us externally, maybe illness or job loss or in-laws. I don't have that problem because I've got great in-laws. I like to think that it's because I'm a great son-in-law. That's probably why I have great great in-laws, but more often than not, what ends up shaking our marriages, our relationships, are because there are challenges on the inside. Things like money problems, external relationships with other people that are more important, wanting our own way. I've discovered in my time as a pastor that internal challenges are a greater threat to marriage than external challenges. Someone once said this, I have seen the enemy, and the enemy is us. Sometimes the challenges that we're experiencing in our relationship is because of the things that we have done. God wants us to be unshakable from the inside out. Abraham Lincoln put it this way with regards to America, and I'm going to share with you the quote, and then I'm going to adapt it to marriage. This is what he said about America. America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter and lose our freedoms, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. I'm going to apply it to marriage. Our marriages will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter and lose our marriage, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. God does not intend for us to have a marriage that breaks down. He wants us to have an unshakable marriage. And so if you're there, if you're at a place in your marriage where your relationship has been shook, shook to the core, I want to give you hope today. And I want to introduce you to some passages, some verses in the Bible that I think will encourage you today. So I want to invite you to join me in Ephesians chapter 4. Go ahead and open up your Bible. Open up your Westover app. We have notes there for you to follow along. We even have a place for you to take notes. And can I suggest to you that you take some notes? Because it's very possible that some of the things that are shared today will be a blessing to you. It might be something that you can discuss with your spouse, maybe with a coworker, maybe with someone that you love who's struggling in their marriage. Now, I'm just going to offer you this one caveat. Couples, 
If you take notes, this is not the opportunity to brow beat your spouse with what I say. This is an opportunity for you to say, this is the thing that we need to do to improve our marriage. So I just want to offer you that encouragement. So join me in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 3. This is the key verse. This is the anchor verse for our entire message. Let's look together. Verse 3 says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. God wants us to be united in marriage. God wants us to be united in marriage. In fact, this word unity in the original language actually means oneness. It means oneness. God wants us to have oneness in our marriage. And if I had to give you today's sermon in a sentence, this is what I would say. Unshakable marriages pursue oneness. They pursue oneness. They find ways to stay united in peace. So couples... Fight for oneness. And if I had to give you a tweetable statement, this is what I would say. Don't fight against your spouse. Fight for your marriage. Don't fight against your spouse. Fight for your marriage. So today I want to share with you four quick steps to have an unshakable marriage. Step number one, speak life. Verse 29 says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. God doesn't want us to criticize, to demean to degrade our spouse. But he says this, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that, th- that it may benefit those who listen. Do you know that your spouse has a need? They need to receive life-giving words. They need us to speak life into their life. So I wanna say this, just because you can say something doesn't mean you should. There have been some very unwise things that people have said in marriage. Not you. Maybe it's the couple right next to you. But these are some of the things, the unwise things people have said in marriage. And I'm going to speak specifically to the men. Some men have said, not you, you've changed. Can I encourage you men? Don't say that. It's not going to be very helpful. Now, you can say, you've changed my life for the better. I'm a better man because of you. But if you leave just by saying, you've changed, it's not going to help. It's not going to help you out. Number two, you're crazy. Can I say, don't say that. It's crazy to think that if you say that, things are going to end well. It's not. I've been a marriage counselor. It's not. I've heard people say this in marriage counseling. It's not going to help. Number three, it's not that big of a deal. Now, it could have started as a small deal, but when you say that it's not a big deal, it has now become a big deal. So what was a small deal now has become a big deal, and when something's a big deal to your spouse, guess what? It is also a big deal for you. So let me mansplain this to the guys in here in a way that you can understand. Even fish avoid problems by keeping their mouth shut. (laughs) Silence sometimes is golden. It's better to not say anything at all. But this also applies to the ladies. So I want to encourage you ladies. Some of you have been cultivating the spiritual gift of of discouragement. Don't cultivate the spiritual gift of discouragement. It's not a spiritual gift that will advance and meet the needs of your spouse. Sometimes, ladies, you've said some things that have not been encouraging, like grow up and be a man. It's not helpful. I know it's well-intentioned, but it's not helpful. My dad never did. 
Did you see what her husband did? Why can't you be like him? Never helped. I've discovered that criticism and comparison, it's kryptonite in marriage. And if I can offer you this one anchor, anchor statement to you, it's this. You can't downgrade your spouse and upgrade your marriage. You can't downgrade your spouse and upgrade your marriage. If you want to upgrade your, upgrade your marriage, you need to upgrade your spouse. You need to speak life into them. You need to encourage them. You need to motivate them. They need to know that you're in their court. We need to speak life. The Bible says that there is power of life and death in the tongue. We need to build one another up. So husbands, you can tell your wife this. I love you. You're beautiful. You're the only one for me. I love you. You're beautiful. You're the only one for me. Wives, you can tell your husbands, you do such a great job. You're a great husband and father and a great provider. I'm proud of you. We need to speak life into the hearts and the mind of our spouse. Step number two to having an unshakable marriage is to replace negative attitudes. To replace negative attitudes. Verse 2 and 31 says this, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Verse 31, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Winston Churchill, the great prime minister, said this. He says, Attitudes are little things that make a big difference. Attitudes are little things that make a big difference. It's like having a bad attitude. is like having a rock in your shoe and trying to walk five miles. It will make a big difference. You'll feel it. Attitudes either raise or lower the emotional climate in your home. And some of us, we need to replace negative attitudes. Let's look at Paul's words again. He says, get rid of all bitterness. That is resentment in our heart. Rage and anger. Brawling. Some of us, we need to stop physically fighting in our marriage. Slander, that is spreading lies about our spouse, along with every form of malice. Now, malice is just a catch-all word for evil things. God wants us to get rid of those things. In fact, the word get rid of in the original language means make an oath to God that you will get rid of it. This is what God ordains for us. And just if you're not really sure about how to replace these negative attitudes, Guess what? The Apostle Paul gives us a list of some things that we can have in our marriage, some attitudes. He says this, verse 2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Now notice it says, be completely. That means fully. That means wholeheartedly. That means with all that we are, not just when it's convenient, not just when your spouse treats you right, not just when you're in good mood. He means all the time, be fully and completely humble and gentle, patient and bearing one another in love. God wants us to replace some negative attitudes. And in just a moment, we're going to have a prayer moment. And for some of you, you've been struggling on the inside because there's some negative attitudes that are living and they're in your home and in your heart. And I'm going to ask God that he will allow a breakthrough to happen so that you can leave those negative attitudes behind and so that you can speak life into the heart and mind of your spouse. Step number three is to pursue oneness. Pursue oneness. Verse three says this, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. He says, make every effort. Try your very best. Do all that you can to keep 
the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Now God's word tells us that he views us as a married couple as one flesh. God wants us to become one flesh. Mark 10 verses 8 and 9 says this. This is Jesus speaking. And the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Do you know, couples, that when you get married, God sees you as one unit? He wants you to be one unit, to be united. Yes, you're two individuals, but he wants you to be united and connected to one another. Verse 9 says this, Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Now, often sometimes when we read this passage, we kind of gloss over it. We say, yes, God doesn't want us to separate. But what we fail to realize is that he's speaking to us when he says, let no man separate. Because oftentimes, what causes the dissolution of marriage isn't an outside influence. It's because we are tearing apart the fabric of marriage. We are doing things that cause separation. God doesn't intend for that for us to have that in our marriage. He intends for us to pursue oneness, to be united and to connect with one another. So I wanna share with you two ways to pursue oneness in your marriage. Number one is to flirt together. To flirt together. Now you may be saying, but pastor, where's that in the scripture? I'm glad you asked. There is a whole book of the Bible called the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs, and it is an interchange between a husband and wife, and guess what they're doing? They are flirting. And if you haven't read it in a while, I encourage you to read it. Maybe read it as a devotional, as a couple. They are flirting with one another. They're finding ways to connect. So if you haven't flirted with your spouse, I want to encourage you, flirt today. Flirt with your spouse today. Here's what I would say, and this is a word of encouragement. If you're finding it hard to flirt, realize this, this statement here. If the grass seems greener on the other side, then water your own grass. If the, water seems, if the grass seems greener on the other side, then water your own grass. So guys, I'm going to help you out today. I only share this one time a year. I'm going to share with you some cheesy pickup lines, okay? I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you out. Number one. Life without you is like a broken pencil. It's pointless. <laughs> Number two, did it hurt when you fell out of heaven? Number three, your hand looks heavy. Can I hold it for you? Number four, is your name Wi-Fi? Because I'm really feeling a connection. <laughs> Number five, are you Australian? Because you meet all of my koalifications. <laughs> Number six, are you religious? Because you're the answer to all my prayers. Amen. Number seven, if I could rearrange the alphabet, I would put you and I together. Number eight, are you tired? Because you've been running through my mind all day long. Amen. <laughs> Number nine. Here are some pickup lines that are wrong in all the right ways. If you were a booger, I'd pick you first. Amen. If you were a new burger at McDonald's, you'd be a McGorgeous. 
And finally, you're hotter than donut grease. So find ways to have an unshakable marriage, pursue oneness by flirting together. The second way to have oneness in marriage is to pray together. Now, I say this every time I preach on marriage. I say this every single time. Prayer is life insurance for your marriage. I'm going to say it again. Prayer is life insurance for your marriage. I'm going to say it one more time. Prayer is life insurance for your marriage. They did a study one time, and they found out that couples who pray together and read God's word together each day, every day, have a less than 1% chance of getting a divorce. In fact, the numbers are so staggering that it's like 99.98%. They had one couple out of 1,200 couples that ended up getting a divorce. If you want to affair-proof, and if you want to divorce-proof your marriage, pray and read God's word together each and every day. If you do that, you will be unshakable. You will have oneness in your marriage. You will see God move in your marriage. You'll see him transform the lives of your children and your grandchildren and your workspace and every other aspect of your life if you're willing to do that. God is faithful. And if you're willing to invest and connect with him in your marriage, he will make a miracle occur. So today I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray for peace in your marriage. Verse 3 says this, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. God can and will help you. The fourth and final step is this, forgive often. Forgive often. Verse 32 says this, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Do you realize that this church is not a suggestion, it's a command. He's commanding us to forgive. Some of you may be here and you're saying, but pastor, you don't understand the struggles we've had in our marriage. You don't understand the difficulties we've had. You don't understand what he has said. You don't understand what she has done. I wanna encourage you to do it because forgiveness is first a choice and then a feeling. Sometimes doing the right thing does not feel like the right thing. And can I encourage you? I've discovered that forgiveness is more about the peace we deserve than the release they deserve. God wants us to have peace. And forgiveness is the catalyst to building trust. Trust and forgiveness are not the same thing, but forgiveness is what empowers trust to begin again. God wants us to have oneness. He wants us to be connected. Ruth Bell Graham, the wife of the famed evangelist, Billy Graham, said this, a happy marriage is the union of two good forgivers. God wants us to forgive. And if you're struggling today with the idea of forgiving your spouse, I want you to look at the verse again. It says that God forgave us even when we didn't deserve to be forgiven. And I've discovered in my life as a pastor that forgiven people forgive people. God wants us to forgive because that's what allows oneness to occur again. And so if you're at a point where life has shaken your marriage, I want you to pursue God and ask him to empower you to get rid of negative attitudes, to forgive, 
to live and speak life into the mind and heart of your spouse. God wants to do it. And as I close, I want to invite you to stand with me. As I was preparing this message, I sensed in my heart two words come to my mind and heart. And the two words are repentance and restoration. Repentance and restoration. Repentance is saying to God, I'm wrong. I'm wrong for kicking you out of our marriage. I'm wrong for how I've treated my spouse. Repentance to your spouse is saying, I'm wrong for the way I've treated you and the things that I've said or the things that I haven't said. And when we repent, then restoration can occur. And some of you, I just sense in my spirit, some of you are hungry for restoration. And the thing that unlocks restoration and healing is a willingness to say to God, I need you. I need you, the miracle maker, to come into my marriage and to restore, to breathe life into the dead bones, to speak life into the struggles, to transform my mind and heart. We must decide in our own mind and heart that that is what we're going to do. And so if you're at a place where life, maybe your choices have shaken your marriage, I want you to know that we can run back to God. And so if your spouse is right next to you, and if you feel comfortable, I'd invite you to grab them by the hand. Maybe you're in a difficult place and you don't feel comfortable to do that. I'd invite you to stand as close as you feel comfortable to them. We're going to pray together. For those of you who need repentance and restoration in your marriage. But for those of you who have a strong marriage, I want you to pray for the marriages that are hurting in this house. I want you to intercede for them. If you're a spirit-filled believer, I want you to pray in the spirit for them. If you're praying for other people in your life, other couples that you love, I want you to intercede for them as well. Let's go to the Lord and ask him to bring about repentance and restoration. God, we're here in your house. You want us to have unshakable marriages. You want us to pursue oneness. And God, I'm interceding right now for those couples who are struggling because of situations and circumstances that have shaken their marriage to the core. And they're at the point where they're thinking divorce may be the next step. I pray, Lord, that they would hold on to you. That, God, that they would be willing to speak life that they would be willing to forgive, that they would be willing to get rid of negative attitudes. And God, that you would breathe and speak life into dead bones, that you would bring about a healing and a restoration. God, we repent right now for the way that we've kicked you out of our marriage. We repent right now for the things that we've said and done in our marriage. And God, we repent right now to our spouse, God, for the ways that we've hurt them. God, empower us through your spirit you say through your spirit, we can make this happen. I ask God that you would work a miracle in each marriage here, Lord. Bring about restoration. Bring about healing. And Lord, as these other couples are praying, God, may they intercede for these couples. God, that you would bring about a healing and a restoration to them. God, we need you. We're hungry for you. We want to have an unshakable marriage. And you are our best and sometimes only hope. And so we ask you, God, to intervene in a mighty way. Bring about a healing, God. Bring about a healing. God, I pray, Lord, you seal the work that you've begun here. Empower these couples to fully pursue you and your plan. We entrust this to you in Jesus' mighty name. 
And all of God's people said, amen, amen. We're so delighted that you came with us, came to be with us today. I want to invite you to this upcoming weekend. Pastor's going to be talking about how to be unshakable in the fire. You don't want to miss that. God bless you, and we are dismissed.